At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is beth center on vsin the sports betting network And welcome in. It is V Sinbet Center on a Saturday night from downtown Las Vegas inside our Circus Sportsbook Studios off Fremont Street. Alongside Adam Burke. Got the Burke Man here. Follow him at Skating Tripods. I'm Ben Wilson. Brian Ortega, our producer behind the glass, as we have made it, Adam, to Week 18 in the National Football League. Not the first ever Week 18, as, as has been erroneously reported throughout the week. Because in 1993, the NFL experimented with two bye weeks for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know either. I don't know. I'm not really sure. It did not last no. for obvious reasons. No, it didn't. That was the first week 18. Now here we are 28 years later in, into now the year 2022 uh, with week 18. And it has gotten underway tonight. We are going to go all, over all the week 18 games. But we'll start, Adam, with the games we've got going on right now because you and I are both a big proponent of in-game wagering, something we talk about a lot here on VEASAN Bet Center, And we will be doing that tonight because we've got a game in progress. But the big question is, how much and how responsible is it to make any sort of in-game wagers in this game where the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles are currently knotted up at 10 after a Jake Elliott field goal for Philly. A couple minutes into the uh, second quarter here as you've got Dallas a 6.5 or 7-point live favorite as I'm looking down at the uh, the live odds board here. 54 is your total in a game, Adam, that, uh, that closed right around the 6-mark market-wide on Dallas and 45.5, uh, 46 in the total, in what is cl- as close to a potential exhibition game as you could possibly see. Although, for now, Dak Prescott and the Dallas offensive starters have remained uh, into the game. So that has been a big part of the handicap and one of the many uh, just pretzel-bending type games we have had to try and handicap here in uh, in the Week 18 slate. Yeah, so far so good. I'm actually happy with the start to this game because I played over 43 earlier on in the week. I didn't even expect Dak Prescott to play, to be totally honest with you. I figured it would be Cooper Rush, who... Seems like he's got a pretty good handle on this offense. He I won say. a game earlier this year. Right. He, he had 325 <laughs> yards against the Vikings. He's been in this system for a while. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm getting a, a fairly cheap number there in the low 40s with Gardner Minshew against Cooper Rush. We wind up getting Dak Prescott here, and we've got, you know, 20 points early in the second quarter. So I don't know if I'm going to do too much live with this one. I'm just going to hope that that uh, good number I got on the over 43 comes through. And it was a game, too, where you talk about late line movement. I mean, you mentioned your, your total there getting uh, steamed up. Interesting how, and we talked all week, the assumption, too, on the Philadelphia side that Jalen Hurts not likely to go, and that it would be Gardner Minshew, who has filled in admirably in the past 1-0 as a Philadelphia starter this season, just uh, just like your guy Cooper Rush. But when that actual news came out, the, this line, despite all of that, after being as high as Dallas, minus 7.5, going as low 
to his Dallas minus three and a half. The number, what does it, what does it do? Adam shoots back up and gets up to six market wide. I feel like we've seen this happen so many times where we we have a we have a ninety five percent chance of certainty on a certain player in or out, usually at the quarterback position. And then once it's official, I don't know if you would have determined that in overreaction by the market, but it, we've seen this time and again where the market just goes nuts when something that was already baked into the cake then becomes official. It's just very bizarre, especially in a Week 18 game like this where we just did not know uh, the, the actual game plan here for Dallas coming in. Yeah, I think that's a really excellent point. And look, I mean, this is something that we'll have to contend with in this Week 18 going forward, much like we had to with Week 17 in the past. And you know, I agree with you. It just it, There's so many knee-jerk reactions to who's in and who's out when a lot of times these things, as you said, should be baked into the number or we're kind of baked into what early betters did with the number because they're all right. kind of speculating along the same lines that we are. And look, I mean, hey, I really didn't expect Dak Prescott to play, as I said, and that's why this total shot back up, why this line danced around a little bit. With that being said, and even though this is a 10-10 game here, you know, Dallas doesn't have a ton of incentive to win this game. It's very likely that they're going to wind up being the number four seed anyway. So it's one of those situations to me where is Prescott just out there to stay sharp? Is he the quarterback in the second half? And that's something that you want to pay attention to as much as I don't like it at times, social media. And maybe you get a second half opportunity, a live opportunity, something like that. That is why for this show in particular, and at least while this game is still going on, we will be utilizing the services of our producer, one Brian Ortega, because we're trying to do a show here. He's got to be on top of it, letting us know in our in our little earpiece thingies that we've got. Uh, they call them the IFBs in the business, Adam. In, in the case, business, in, in case you the lingo. Know. That's I, yeah, you know that's that's the lingo because we need to be aware of this stuff as far as in-game betting uh, circumstances. Because don't you think that that is going to be the main uh, the main uh, talking point and theme throughout our Week 18 handicaps? Like when we get to our you know plays and, and handicap every single game, I only have one pregame bet, and it's on a money line parlay, which is something I normally never play, but. It, again, speaks to the uniqueness of Week 18, and there are about a half dozen games where I'm looking to potentially play tomorrow once we see players come out or, you know, or vice versa, and maybe come in that we weren't expecting, that could, you know, that could impact the number. And, like, case in point, we are still seeing Jack Prescott into this game, 7 of 9, 100 yards and a touchdown, by the way. Like, Jason Kelsey comes out, starts for the Eagles, gets his 122nd straight start, takes the first snap of the game, Sprints off the field. He's done. So, right. just one of the many examples, right, that we're going to see here this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about, uh, like, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. If he ends up playing in tomorrow's game, you know, maybe he goes out there, gets a, a catch or two, you know, does what he needs to do. Maybe they try to get him another touchdown for the offensive rookie of the year, something like that. It's not like he's going to play the whole game. And if he does, he'll be on a pitch count and wind up, you know, maybe 20, 30 snaps, something like that. A lot of these coaches may treat this like a preseason week where if they've already got things locked up or they're not so much worried about seeding, they may play guys for a quarter, a couple of series, something like that, just to keep them sharp. You think about Green Bay, for example, a team where they're locked in the number one seed, they Mm -hmm. can't go anywhere. Aaron Rodgers said, look, I want to finish the season on a high note. I want to stay sharp. You can't blame him for that because if he doesn't play this week, it's basically three weeks without playing until you go into the divisional game. So maybe he's out there for a couple series, stays sharp, throws the ball to Devontae Adams a few times, then goes out of the game. You know, do you really want to have Green Bay, you know, with a pregame ticket? I don't really know if that's the case. So that's something you definitely want to think about here and, and why live betting is definitely the way to go in week eighteen. Right. And you think about we'll discuss as well what happened in the earlier game today, how that could potentially be a theme for so many of, of these games, just because a team has on the surface nothing to play for and another team is in a you know, in a win to clinch or win to set themselves up to potentially get a better seed, something like Kansas City was in today. 
doesn't always necessarily mean you just automatically fire on that big favorite. By the way, Dallas moving the ball down the field, 21-yard pass from Prescott to Lamb, and they are well into Philadelphia territory now. Five minutes gone in the second quarter, 10-10 game, so we'll continue to uh, detract this from an in-game perspective as the Cowboys are down to the Eagle 30. But earlier today, I mean, Chiefs come out, march right down the field, score a touchdown right away, and we were thinking, all right, man, this, this was a game that... It was 10, 10 and a half early in the week. Continued to get bet up, closed uh, across town at the South Point at our other VEASAN studio at 12. And everybody and their brother with the Chiefs in a money line parlay. If they, if they weren't already laying the, the 11 and a half up to 12. Uh, and then the Denver Broncos gave an incredibly game effort earlier today. Were pretty, uh, you could argue they were, I mean, they were certainly the right side from the spread standpoint. But they, Kansas City, pretty fortunate in the end to actually win the game. They needed an 86-yard fumble recovery touchdown by Nick Bolton the rookie from Missouri, just the second-ever player, Adam, since first since 1938, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, with an 86-plus-yard fumble recovery game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. That's what it took for the Chiefs. Now, you could argue maybe they end up winning the game anyway. But a great example, right, of, of some of these just... It's not exactly only on the what is at stake for these teams in Week 18, and it certainly played out that way earlier this afternoon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a game where I, I did take the under in, in that one, the under 45, and didn't really, I I don't know, I don't want to say it didn't have a chance because, I mean, you kind of look at Denver and obviously they struggle to throw the football as they have with Drew Locke throughout the course of the season. Uh, the Chiefs kind of figured out Vic Fangio's defense a little bit here. And, of course, as you mentioned, you do get that defensive touchdown where the game maybe falls in the mid-40s but winds up going to 52. Really interesting to watch that one kind of play out, though, because I was actually here uh, at the Circus Sportsbook with – uh, the survivor, Billy Chippis, I believe his name is. Yeah. Uh, he was over here with, with Derek Stevens and, and his boys, and they were really sweating that one out, to say the least. So uh, that was interesting. You know, it's not like I had a million-plus riding on the total like those guys had on, on the Chiefs winning that game. Uh, but that was that was some kind of sweat. Definitely a very interesting situation here. And, you know, uh, good on them for, for being able to come through and get at least $1.2 million, yes. plus the bonus for taking the Chiefs in Week 18 – and then now, of course, we'll see what happens with the other games tomorrow. Right. Uh, my cool one and on top, two, four, seven, two. No, none of those are pseudonyms for one Adam Burke. You would have been no. skating tripods uh, six or something. Yeah. Something like that. But those two are clear. Two of the five remaining Circus Survivor selections. We'll discuss the other three and, uh, and how we feel about those options going in. But the other thing, too, the, the one thing I was interested in with a game like that, Adam, is if you were to have had an upset, I was, you know, if you think about what was at stake here. Had the Chiefs actually lost that game, I think, think the thing that nobody really talked about because we just assumed, all right, Kansas City, they might not cover, but they're going to win the game. Right. Had they not won that game, and there were some moments there where, again, if it were not for the 86-yard fumble return touchdown with, at the time, Kansas City losing that game, there could have been an opportunity where, like, what would have happened to that Titans-Texans line? I mean, could that have just been slashed in half? Because had that result held, mm -hmm. Chiefs lose, Titans would then be in a spot where... Unless Cincinnati won, and Cincinnati has already indicated they are going to rest basically all of their guys tomorrow and are big underdogs at Cleveland, Tennessee might have just been able to sit everybody and could have really thrown, I mean, Circus Survivor, the, the contest in general, that could have been thrown uh, totally out of whack. I'm not sure what would have happened there, but as somebody with Tennessee in a parlay, I was, I was prepared to fire on Houston before that thing dropped. Well, and that's the thing, you know, flexing some of these games to Saturday, you wound up with these situations where you could certainly justify making a speculative play, especially at halftime of that game where Denver didn't roll over and die. The Chiefs didn't look super sharp in that one. Yeah. A lot of people probably did go and fire on Texans plus 10 
just in case that situation came to fruition. And, and it may still end up being the right side because I mean Houston's playing hard despite not having anything to play for. Right. I did not make did not make that bet, but I was right. I was like, if this if if Denver is clearly going to win the game, I got to get in on this while I can. Uh, but that again speaks to the just the overall volatility here of Week 18, uh, second and four, by the way, for Dallas as they moved onto the precipice of the Philadelphia Red Zone at the 25. Adam, you're looking good with your over here as it is a uh, 10-10 game with a second and four to I go. I thought you were hitting on me. No, I'm saying you're you. I am making a a factual statement that you are uh, our our in-game total now is is continuing to climb. It's as high I am seeing right now here in the markets, Adam, as uh, 54 now. Yeah. I mean, you are so looking good so in good. general. Well, but, thank you. But, it, you. It, but with your ticket, your ticket's looking great. That's the important thing. That's now it. it's just a question of do I try for a middle? Well, you'll have the you'll have the commercial break to think about that because we're just getting started. First of four hours here on Beast and Bets, and we're going to do a rapid fire look at some of the other top games around other sporting worlds when we return here on Beast the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, Big Dance Special, provides VSN. Plus, all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns in every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. Don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com, big deal, to sign up today. You know what? That also gets you access to Adam Burke's daily newsletter in your inbox every morning. Bang. There's my... There's my plug for you. I like it. I did it. Very, very good plug. I got to it 15 minutes into the show. Hope you're, hope you're happy with that. I hope hit the, that, hope I hit that the was, under. Good. Yeah, okay, all right. Under caches. Uh, speaking of unders caching, I don't know that it is going to in this Saturday night uh, contest. Your Cowboys on the board again. Dak Prescott, Cedric Wilson. They go up top right as we're heading to break. Uh, touchdown, and it is now 17-10 Dallas uh, as they get to the score. Prescott, 9 of 11, a buck 55 and two scores. The latest, a 24-yard strike. And uh, Adam, I know you mentioned thinking about, eh, maybe I could middle my uh, over 43 and a half. I don't think you're going to want to do that now. 56 and a half is your total. Nine and a half is what Dallas uh, is laying right now. And we talked about, you know, how much of an element of preseason football would this look like? Well, certainly on the, on the defensive side of the ball, it has looked like very much defense optional here through the first uh, 20 minutes, basically, of game time. 
Yeah, you know, and I think this is something that's really important to keep in mind where this game matters to a degree. You know, it matters from a seeding standpoint, all that. Obviously, Dallas needs a lot of things to go right, as we talked about in the first segment. But that's also something to keep in mind is that the lower the stakes, the higher the score usually ends up being because you don't get that level of defensive focus from both teams. Whereas in a game where the stakes are extremely high, I typically gravitate towards looking at an under, just expecting the game to be very tight expecting teams to play maybe sort of risk-averse. I don't want to say vanilla because that's not the right way, but you know, a risk-averse style of football where you know, maybe they play the field position game or something like that. In this game, yeah, they're just kind of letting the quarterbacks go out there and sling it, You know, not a whole lot of defense. I know Dallas is missing some guys on defense as well, so maybe that's part of it here too. But also, you look at a guy like Gardner Minshew, you know, you, and you think about some of these games where the starting quarterbacks are out and all of that. That guy's got a lot to play for. You know, He wants mm-hmm. to try and find a starting job somewhere in the NFL at some point, and there are some really bad quarterbacks out there that he probably is better than. So that's a guy where he comes in very, very motivated, and maybe the Eagles give him the respect to go out there and throw the football around. So that was kind of my thought process with this total, but that is something to keep in mind is that just because it's a backup doesn't mean it's going to be you know three yards in a cloud of dust on right. offense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the handicap, it, it kind of speaks to how deep you have to go with these, and it's not just, oh, it's a backup. All right, no points will be scored, or there will be ineptitude on this you know this particular side of the ball. A Minshew tonight, 9 of 13, 69 yards, and a touchdown, and he completes a nice pass on third and five to extend the drive up to near midfield. So the Eagles back with the ball, 640 to go first half, uh, and down in this game, 17 to 10. Uh, I don't know if you gave this out in the old Visa newsletter, Adam, but if you had uh, Cedric Wilson, two touchdowns, as well as Drew Locke, two touchdowns today, you, you made yourself a lot of money because Wilson has two after Locke had the rarely seen two rushing touchdowns uh, out of a quarterback earlier. Today. I, did, I did not have No, that. not in the I not did the not have Drew. It was 100 to 1 to score two touchdowns. Nuts. Insane. Eh, look, it's week 18. Weird, weird things are going to happen, but you got to right. you got to pick your spots as we're talking about. Uh, let's let's transition. We'll kind of go rapid fire here with some of the uh, big results from some of the other sports earlier today, because as you have written about in your newsletter and we've discussed here on the network as NFL and uh, football in general winds down, we start to get into the handicaps of the NBA college basketball first golf tournament of 2022 is in progress right now. Uh, college basketball, I mean, you could, you could make the case, Adam, the most difficult sports to handicap, a league, I should say, uh, within basketball, NBA, there's at least, we know the protocols, we, we know kind of what we're dealing with a little bit, and the type of player pool that they have to pick from when guys are out. College basketball, it has felt like the wild, wild west now for the last month, essentially. Uh, but we did have three, uh, three ranked teams go down today in... I should say four ranked teams, three of them in decently sizable upsets. The largest one, Alabama, loses on the road at Mizzou as a 14 or a 14 half point favorite, loses 92 86 to a Mizzou team who is the lowest ranked team on the net rankings of all Power Five teams. Also, a very bad loss for the Tide on the road. You have Texas goes down in Stillwater, loses to Oklahoma State 64 uh, 51 as a three point favorite. Kansas gets, uh, gets run out of the building. I know that was an eight point game, but uh, Texas Tech, despite not shooting very well, they win 75-67 as a 6.5 to 7.5-point underdog. So a lot of chaos, it's felt like, Adam. And as we get now into conference play, seems like that is only continuing here. Yeah, and that was one that Kansas and Texas Tech game is one I looked at quite a bit, thought about firing on the Kansas side, because one of the things I didn't like for Texas Tech coming into Big 12 play, they played an exceptionally weak non-conference schedule. And they look good in the process, as they should. But strength of schedule is something I look at a lot as we transition in the month of January to see are some of these teams going to be ready for playing against better caliber competition? Are they going to be stepping down in class where maybe they didn't play all that well in the non-conference? 
but then they'll go into conference play and wind up playing a bunch of teams that are at their level or worse. So I look a lot at strength of schedule early on in January, and that was one where Texas Tech really hadn't played a good schedule. They just had that loss to Iowa State a few days ago. I really looked strongly at Kansas. I'm glad I laid off of that one, but that is something I think a lot of listeners want to keep in mind is Mm -hmm. look at the strength of schedule. See if these teams have actually been playing against good competition, and if they haven't been, well, maybe conference play is going to be tricky for them. And the other big handicap that will be very pertinent now is these teams coming off the COVID pauses. We saw today, this was not technically an upset because the books are out in front of this, but Colorado State, 20th ranked, they go to San Diego State unranked and get completely whitewashed, 79-49. Aztecs are actually a two-point favorite here, but Colorado State, one of the most impressive mid-major teams in the country the first month of the year, 11-0 and coming in, but we're hit with COVID right before Christmas, had been off for nearly a month. Come back out today, uh, Adam. Go uh, Hardy, 12 of 43 from the field, 3 of 20 from 3, 5 assists to 17 turnovers. And it, look, you don't want to pick on a team like that. It's just it's the reality of teams who have not played for a while, and it's something that we saw last year. And you have to think now in these next couple of weeks, we're going to see more examples uh, just like it. So it's going, to be, it's going to pay to do your homework on stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think of basketball as a very rhythmic game. You know, I think you yeah. kind of have to be in rhythm, whether it's with your shot, with your offense, switching on defense, and all of that. And in this game, Colorado State actually played well in the first half. I mean, they were only down four at the intermission, but then scored 17 points in the second half. 43-17, So you wonder if maybe it was a little bit of a conditioning thing, if maybe they just kind of got out of sync. Look, they also, as you mentioned, the bad shooting numbers for them, 12 of 43, 3 of 20 from 3. They had 22 points at the free throw line. So almost half of their offense coming off of free throws, only five assists. And that's what I'm talking about where I think it's really a rhythmic game specifically in college basketball with all the roster turnover that you have year in and year out and all of that. So even if you don't want to fade these teams off of COVID pauses because some of those lines may be adjusted, uh, maybe a little bit inflated, maybe you look at the unders or a team mm-hmm. total under, something like that, where you just expect them to, to not be in sync at all. One other game, too, that could be a potential upset alert going uh, down right now in Cameron Indoor where Duke, who is laying, looking at the closing line here, Adam, 14.5 to 15 they are in some trouble right now, down 43-42, 15 minutes to go to the uh, the, the feisty Jim Laranaga-led Miami Hurricanes, who not a lot of expectations coming into this year, but they've had a couple of quality wins early on, and uh, Miami putting up a fight here. Duke just retook the lead, but this has the feel of a, of a tight one-possession game. Yeah, and I actually saw a few people on Twitter talking about grabbing some Miami futures to, to win the national championship, and obviously those people don't think that the Hurricanes will do it, but they are setting themselves up right. for some hedging opportunities, things like that come tournament time. And I think that's another really important thing to talk about here briefly is if you've got a team that you think is in a pretty good spot to pull a significant upset, something like that, their futures price will come down. So, you know, you can kind of speculate. We talked a lot about speculation in terms of Week 18 in the NFL and what may happen, guys may sit out and all of that. You can kind of speculate a little bit on some of these NCAA tournament futures as well. If you get one of those big games that you think a team has good upset potential in, you can grab that number because it's going to go down if that comes to fruition. Yeah, Miami, really impressive backcourt. Jordan Miller's been uh, been great tonight. Their issue will be defense. Mm-hmm. They don't really play any of it. They're <laughs> 213th in Ken Palm uh, defensively, but 27th in offense. So uh, certainly a team that is going to be live and in, in, you know, going forward in a lot of these ACC games. Uh, and and is you know, look, we'll see uh, how they how they handle things down the stretch uh, on the road in uh, in Durham. But certainly, yeah, one of those teams. Keep your eyes on as you start watching some of these conference events uh, unfold. In the meantime, 345 to go first half as we go back to the NFL. Impressive drive orchestrated by Gardner Minshew and the Philadelphia Eagles. Kenneth Gainwell, a big run inside the 10. Give it right back to him around the edge and in. Touchdown, Philadelphia. This thing might go over in the first half for you, Adam. 
As they are an extra point away too from uh, tying us up here at uh, 17 apiece. What did we just say? Defense optional? Uh, seems Defense like that's optional. applying to a lot of different uh, different scenarios. Well, and the thing that's interesting is you look at this now, and, and obviously the coaches can't be thrilled. I mean, I know that it, it's not the full first-team unit for either defense, but you also don't want bad habits to develop going into the playoffs, and both of these teams, of course, going into the playoffs. So kind of makes me wonder, does the second half tighten up a little bit? Do the coaches kind of get through, or do we just see a continuation of what we have going on? Probably won't make a second half bet because I'm not sure, but that will be something to watch here as we go forward. Yeah, 61 and a half now, your in game total, and uh, the Cowboys laying four and a half live as the extra point from Jake Elliott is up and good, 17 apiece. Uh, by the way, the other uh, top 25 matchups we're still, uh, we're still tracking here tonight. Did, did you lay 30 with Gonzaga tonight? Uh, no. no, you didn't. Okay. Uh, they're <laughs> up 33 12 early on. Pepperdine is a 30 point favorite. Auburn, seven and a half point home favorite against Florida, up five in the second half. So we'll track that one as it comes home. And UCLA laying eight and a half on the road at Cal. They are up eight with uh, just under 10 minutes to go. When we return, though, we'll talk some NFL, talking Chargers Raiders specifically with our guy, Arash Markazi, who joins the show right after this to talk game 272 in the NFL. That's next, right here on VEASAN Bet Center. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back on VEASAN Bet Center with Adam Burke. I'm Ben Wilson. Dallas Cowboys up to uh, over nine yards of play now, Adam, as they are driving. We're at the two-minute warning. Cowboys back in Philadelphia territory. So, uh, yeah, points. They are, they are being scored. You know, we talk about defense being optional. I just saw they ran across the bottom of the screen there. Ezekiel Elliott with his first 20-plus yard gain in nine that's, games. That's amazing. So, yeah, the Eagles uh, playing some skeleton defense there for sure. Jeez. Nine for 56 for Zeke, 6.2 yards of carry. And he's like, wow, that's like, yeah, to your point, like jumping off the page. Like, what a what a game for Zeke. Uh, so we've got the NFL going on right now. We'll talk some NFL as well as Monday night's a big game in Indianapolis because joining us from a frigid Indy right now is our guy, Arash Markazi. He's been a frequent guest contributor to our Green Zone Sunday shows, talking NFL here on VEASAN. Also hosts the Arash Markazi show, which you can hear in across radio stations in SoCal and Vegas as well. Follow him at Arash Markazi on Twitter. Arash, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you are not being as disdainful of that cold Indianapolis weather as some of your other <laughs> college football media brethren, I hope. <laughs> no, listen, I'm just happy to be here. But listen, it, it does uh, hit you. In the face with nine degrees when you get off the plane. But yeah, really excited for a big game here on Monday. Yeah, so we are all looking forward to it. And we've seen some movement in the betting markets actually really yesterday, Arash, after we saw basically market-wide this go to Georgia minus three. Some of the Alabama yeah. buyback coming. We're down to two and a half. Basically, as I look now at our odd screen, basically everywhere as money lines now as low as minus 135 here on Georgia. Uh, total still pretty steady here at 52 and a half. What's your feel for, for this game uh, as a whole? Because we've seen uh, so much respected opinion coming on both sides here, both Georgia and Alabama, uh, making pretty valid cases for why you'd want to support either side. Yeah, listen, I, I, I get the Georgia money because two weeks ago, I mean, Georgia was the play. I mean, at the end of the day, I think a, in a national championship game, 
in a big game like this. Give me Nick Saban. Give me the Crimson Tide. I, I don't necessarily need the points. I do think that'll come down. I don't know if it'll be a pick em at kickoff, but, you know, was really surprised by the line to begin the week. Um, as you touched on it. The line has continued to come down. I'm going with Alabama in this game. I do think that they will win outright. I mean, I, I definitely think it'll be a, a great game. I think it'll be a close game. It could come down to a field goal, but I, I, I just think this is the this is the not only the superior team, but when you talk about the 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 coach in terms of you know who's in the other coach's head or who's in the other team's head, Nick Saban over Kirby Smart. I don't think it's that close. Rosh, I want to ask you about the total for this game, 52-and-a-half. We just saw these two teams play yeah. a few weeks ago. That one wound up getting at 65. Seven national championship games in the playoff era. 49 points has been the fewest. It was actually the first Georgia and Alabama game in the championship that had 49 points. Do you think this is a high-scoring game? you think this is a lower-scoring game? What are you kind of thinking on that front? I think it's a, a lower-scoring game than what we're seeing right now, so I would take the under for sure. I, I, again, I do think it'll be a close game. I do think it'll come down to a field goal. I do have the Crimson Tide winning, you know, 23 to 20. I mean, low scoring games. So, you know, generally speaking, I know where the line is coming from and, and what people are talking about. George is a very good team. But when you have another team, certainly in your conference, that has played against you and knows what you're about, uh, there's going to be no secrets in this game, so it's going to come down to talent. It's going to come down to coaching. I'm going to take Nick Saban in this game on m- Monday night. I remember the first game between these two teams, SEC Championship game, that total got back down to 48.5 before just yeah, flying over. Right. So I find it very interesting that we've seen an adjustment, uh, Adam and Arash, that, that it has gone uh, four, you know, four points higher. Not that I you know, love either side of that total. I just find it interesting and would you know tend to lean the same way. Again, follow him at Arash Markazi, by the way, on Twitter as Arash gives us some time here on a Saturday night. VEASAN Bet Center. Cowboys, by the way, second and goal from the two. 148 to go in the second half. Adams, Adams 43 and a half over is already close to going over as Dak Prescott throws in the flat. Dalton Schultz, touchdown. Another TD for Dallas, uh, 23-17 with the PAT pending. And that's, you know, it's a great transition, Arash, because we've got just this ridiculous Week 18 in the NFL. So difficult, as we've discussed on this show, how to handicap games where you don't know exactly how long starters will play for or the emotion for either team. It, it, it is helpful that we've got a Sunday night game that is pretty easy to handicap from that perspective. It's one team wins, now barring some you know chaos in, in, uh, in the NFL slate tomorrow. Barring a, a large upset with Jacksonville, we'll have a situation where either the Chargers win and are in the playoffs or the same thing for the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you host a show that uh, listeners in both of those home markets get to hear throughout the week. Uh, what is your thought on, uh, on a game like this where the Chargers got the early money? We've seen them hold pretty steady also in that three-point range with the Chargers coming here to Allegiant Stadium and taking on the Raiders tomorrow night in game 272. No, I mean, this is such a fantastic game. I mean, what an amazing way to finish out the regular season, the last game of the season, Sunday night. Chargers and the Raiders, these two teams have played so many times over the years, no matter where they've called home. The last time they played in the postseason was back 41 years ago. So this is the most significant Raiders-Chargers game in over 40 years. Generally speaking, as you touched on, uh, you know, depending on where the uh, Colts and Jags game plays out, Win or go home. I mean, this is essentially a, a a playoff game. I like the Chargers here. I know the Chargers opened up as a three-point favorite. 
Justin Herbert, in my view, transcendent talent, will be the best quarterback in the league in the not-too-distant future when you look at where, you know, uh, you know Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and where those guys are out. This guy will be the face of the franchise. So big game for the Chargers, big game for Las Vegas. Again, I mean, you know, I mean, not surprisingly, there's been a lot of 50-50 crowds in, in terms of the crowd in Vegas. Again, I predicted that. Didn't go out on a limb. I said, listen, whether you're in Chicago or Philadelphia or wherever, if you're going to go to one road game during the course of the season, you're going to circle that game um, in Las Vegas. So the Chargers obviously will, will be a big home game for the Raiders. I do like the Chargers close. I do like the line. I like the Chargers here. Arash, I guess I have to ask. I mean, obviously this game is win or go home pretty much. Do you think there are playoff prospects for either one of these teams, or do you think it's going to be a one-and-done for them when they get to that wild-card round next weekend? And by the way, this is not a, a homer pick because I'm in covering the uh, Chargers. I, I think it could be one-or-done if it's Las Vegas. I think that, I mean, it is incredible, the run that they've had. When you talk about everything that they've gone through off the field with their coach and their players and things like that, in terms of the Chargers, if they can find a way to win on Sunday and they're in the playoffs, that's a team nobody wants to play in the playoffs, and I'll tell you why. You got Justin Herbert, by the way, you know, I just touched on it, transcendent, amazing quarterback. You got a coach who does not play by the rules, who will go for fourth and five, fourth and ten, fourth and six back at his own 25-yard line. So, I mean, it, it, there's just so many wild cards. I mean, if you know, this is a team that has gone into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. I mean, this is a team that can, I mean, depending on who they play in the postseason, you don't want to play the Chargers because they would be a team, by the way, guys, if they got into the playoffs, would not be shocked if they go on a heck of a run. And lo and behold, they're the team playing the home game in the Super Bowl. Hey, we've talked. For weeks, Adam and Rush, how wide open the perception is of the AFC. So, look, would anything surprise any of us at this point? I'm not, I'm not sure that it would. Uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night here in Allegiant Stadium, just a couple miles from where we are here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Arash Markazi giving us some time on VSIN Bet Center. Follow him again at Arash Markazi. Check out his uh, show, the Arash Markazi Show, which you can hear on stations in Southern California and here in Las Vegas. Arash, as always, we appreciate you giving us some time. Stay warm there in Indianapolis. Don't have too much fun uh, there <laughs> Monday night, the National Championship game. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, by the way, Adam, we are, we are, again, seeing more movement up and down the football field here in Dallas and Philadelphia. Extra point missed by Greg Zerline, so it stays a 23-17 game, 43 seconds to go in the first half, and it appears as though Philadelphia will be called for a hold, although they had a second and six at their own 45. We'll wait for that call from Ron Torbert. That is indeed the call. But if Philadelphia is able to get into field goal range, get three, we'll be at 43 first half points, and you see how the live total has, uh, has really uh, ballooned here. So more of the same. I see why Gardner Minshew wants to be a gunslinger because when he runs, he looks like a newborn giraffe. It's just, it's really bad. It's hard to watch. Not quite Mike Glennon level giraffe, but no. Guys got guys got an arm. He does. Now I was like his numbers. For those of you who you know, didn't see it, he had a 
a blatant interception that goes right through the hands of a Dallas defensive back, right to Devontae Smith. Completely has changed the tenor of his box score as he sits 12 of 18, now make it 12 of 19, just short hops a man for 106 and a touchdown. Uh, but this has been a very interesting first half. I am very curious to see how, how much longer will we see Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and all the guys come out in the second half. Uh, because Prescott, 13 of 17, a buck 97 and three scores. So far in half number one. We'll tell you what happens at the end of the first half. Get you a second half line on Dallas-Philadelphia when we return. I'll talk some of those college football props with Adam Burke next right here on VEASAN Bet Center. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. As we're back with Adam Burke, I'm Ben Wilson. VEASAN Bet Center on a Saturday night. Thanks to Brian Ortega, Andrew Ingold, McHale, our uh, audio guy, as I look up and see another touchdown, I, I feel bad for cutting off McHale's name there, because I, but I did see a touchdown at him out of the corner of my eye. McHale's or, a great, great guy. Or for Dak uh, Prescott. Out on the crew. That is a fourth touchdown of the night. As uh, So we went to break. Philadelphia had the ball. They quickly threw it incomplete on third down. And then uh, Aaron Sipos, a 21-yard punt, giving Dallas the ball back in very good field goal, uh, feel, very good uh, field position. And right away, Dak Prescott and this Cowboy offense continues to click on all cylinders. The latest by the touchdown once again to Schultz. So you could have had two uh, two plus touchdown score props on both Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson cash in the first half tonight. I mean, I don't know if anybody did that, but that's I don't know. Hell I, hope, I, I hope somebody did. I hope somebody did too. Extra point is good from Greg Zerline. That touchdown, by the way, on a nine yard pass taking place with nine seconds to go in the first half. So you've already, you've cashed a ticket at him, and we're still in the first half. I have. On but a pregame s- over. Seeing this graphic here, I think it's really interesting that Prescott is tied now with Tony Romo for the most pass touchdowns uh, in a single season for the Cowboys. I didn't hear anybody mention that incentive. Uh, I, I didn't either. But that, that is something I was looking at. You know, I've we've yeah. heard about all the financial incentives, but I was kind of looking at guys, you know, rewriting the team record books and all that. I probably wouldn't have predicted Dak Prescott uh, to have five touchdown no. passes in this game. But, 16 to 21. Uh, looks like he's trying. 240 and four touchdowns. 
we were just talking off air. I have a I bet back in week four on Dak Prescott to win the comeback player of the year. Just thinking the way that the media works, thinking back to his gruesome foot injury from from last year, and at the time his odds were only minus one sixty five when I bet it. They were at one point as high as minus a thousand until Joe Burrow's recent nuclear stretch where he throws for over nine hundred yards and nine touchdowns in two games. Basically took that down to around a pick him with Prescott basically slightly favored. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I have a little too much exposure, more than I would like on this particular bet. So this is making me happy seeing this, Adam. But it just goes to, to show, especially with Burrow not going, to, not going to play tomorrow for Cincinnati. I mean, these awards markets, is there anything more volatile than, than what we've seen with these, especially the last few weeks? And take Comeback Player of the Year, great example of one of many awards that have just gone all over the place. Uh, here in the, in the month of December and now into January, right? Absolutely, and like, and like you were talking about after the or uh, during the break, the nature of Prescott's injury was also part of the reason yeah. why you bet him because it wasn't. I, I hate to say run of the mill ACL, but ACLs happen all the time in the NFL now, and voters aren't really going to give that the same time of day that they'll give the gruesome injury that Dak Prescott suffered. That all of us kind of remember seeing it. You know, it's one of those. I don't remember the play exactly that Joe Burrow got hurt on, but I very much remember the play that Dak Prescott got hurt on. And that is part of the process here. When you talk about betting into these NFL awards markets, you are not only handicapping the player and that market, but you're also handicapping the voters and what you expect them to do. And there's a lot of different narratives going on about the NFL MVP, a lot of different options for coach of the year and all of that. But that's the thing. You do have to think about from a media standpoint, what will these guys and girls vote for? You know, what is it going to be that kind of pushes something over the top? And I think the nature of Prescott's injury was absolutely, you know, part of that handicap. And kudos to you for grabbing it. I well, I I felt that way in about week twelve, <laughs> and then coming into this week, I'm like, really, I'm going to lose this ticket that I thought was basically a, a winner all this time. I, well, we'll see what happens as we do mercifully get to the end of the half. The total for the full game, no matter what number you bet it at, even though that got steamed up to forty six and a half. Over all numbers, Adam, in the first half alone. And our second half line, we are seeing Dallas laying two or two and a half. Again, they're up 13 at the break right now, so that puts them to the 15 or 15 and a half point mark. 21 and a half your total, which means we would be looking at a hearty 68 and a half for the second half. But what we've seen so far, nothing to indicate that the offense is going to stop. And that you could say that's even if Cooper Rush comes in here for Dallas, because, I mean, both defenses have not looked very interested, particularly Philadelphia's. Right, and you wonder, did that last touchdown pass for Prescott get him taken out of this game? Now they've got a two-score lead. You know, Philadelphia seems like they're not interested in stopping Dallas at all whatsoever. Now do you get Cooper Rush coming out in the second half? And to that end, for the Eagles, you know, whatever starters they do have out there on offense or defense, do those guys wind up sitting now? Because this game really doesn't matter at all whatsoever for them necessarily. Dallas at least had some kind of incentive, as we saw with the fact that Prescott played. But now if you're Philadelphia, I mean... Do you bother playing anybody in the second half? You're obviously going to let Minshew keep going, but you know maybe you've got a couple of first-team offensive or defensive linemen still out there. Maybe you've got starters in the secondary still out there. What what's the point now in bringing them back out after halftime? Right. I, no, I'm I'm with you. And for a Philadelphia team that was either going to be in the six or seven spot, and in all likelihood, barring barring a basically one outcome, which would have been if like if Atlanta had won along with I think a San Francisco. Um, a San Francisco loss and then a Tampa Bay win. And all likelihood, they are going to face Tampa regardless next right. Sunday it's it, or next Saturday or potentially Monday. Uh, it would either be as a seven versus two or a six versus three. There was only one outcome possible where it would not be Philadelphia versus Tampa Bay next week. 
and uh, where, where Philadelphia would uh, would slide up and uh, and not take on Tampa Bay. So from that end, you you kind of you know you think at the same time we made a big deal of all right, well Dallas not playing anybody. Why is this line you know so so high? At the same time, though, Philadelphia is kind of in the same uh, same exact boat here. And just to recap, as far as what's actually at stake now for Dallas, assuming they hang on and uh, and win this game. Yeah, they're they're in the four seed right now, but it would take a San Francisco win over the Rams for them to move up to three, and it would, uh, and it would also take uh, a loss too. Like like let's say if uh, if Tampa Bay wins, they would Tampa Bay move up to the two spot. You'd have uh, the Rams slip down potentially to four if they were to fall to San Francisco. Only way Dallas gets up as high as two, and that is one of the scenarios that you would see uh, Philadelphia not play Tampa Bay if Dallas uh, were to uh, were to see both the Rams and Buccaneers lose tomorrow. Which again, I mean, both of those teams are favored, and the Buccaneers are favored uh, pretty largely by eight in that spot. Uh, so we'll see how this uh, the manipulation happens here in the second half. That's why we've got our producer though, Brian Ortega. Use the, use those IFPs, Brian. Brian was on the the uh, under, unfortunately. So I, I kind of feel bad. We don't we don't want to. He's just in a isn't is in the corner, just in a shell. He sobbing. did utilize our little earpiece thingy to tell us uh, it's okay. So don't worry too much. Uh, don't but worry too much for Brian. these playoff scenarios too. I sort of wonder. I mean. There's incentive to being the number one seed and getting a bye, obviously. Significant incentive for that. But when you look at these wildcard teams, and really in both conferences, I mean, you know, do you, does it really matter to some of these teams I'm, who they I end up playing? I completely agree. Two it, it through four, like are, who cares? Right, it feels like who these cares? are way overblown. Like, I, yeah. I mean, if you're a head coach, I, I, don't, I think you care a lot less about who you play and more about getting to that game healthy. Although, obviously, Mike McCarthy kind of spitting in the face of that, going out there with well, Prescott tonight, but... Still, I, I isn't, that, isn't that more of a Jerry Jones thing too, though? Because yeah, we saw true. a few years ago this happen when Garrett was head coach, where Dallas was in a similar situation with I forget exactly the year, but had nothing to play for. We're already in, and you know, we we all kind of know like, that's a Jerry thing. And he was like, yeah. "We're we're the Cowboys. We're playing everybody the whole sixty minutes." And uh, so this is not exactly a new thing necessarily, uh, but yeah, that's what is the beauty though of handicapping all these games. Again, we're going to get into that as uh, as the show continues. Before we uh, before we hit up on a break, Adam, because uh, you do great work with your Visa newsletter, looking at some of the NBA spots for tonight. I know you're a big situational guy in the league. A couple of finals that have just uh, gone down here. Milwaukee Bucks, after a very impressive national TV win over Brooklyn last night, is Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Chicago your top three in the uh, in the East. Bucks on a back to back lose in Charlotte tonight. Charlotte Charlotte was actually the favorite in this game, so the market kind of anticipating. Uh, this on the back-to-back, favorite as high as two and a half. Hornets win by eight, one fourteen, one oh six. Your your early uh, your early candidate also for lowest total game of the year. Celtics ninety nine, Knicks seventy five. Celtics is an eight point favorite. Is this is this two thousand and one again, Adam? I mean, what what's going on there? They're I mean, setting geez. offense back. But well, uh, but I give I give you props because you wrote about that in our newsletter. I think on Thursday, just looking ahead to this uh, potential slate here on the Bucks, and it uh, comes to fruition. Yeah, looked ahead to the Bucks, and and look, I mean, these NBA teams, they know it's eighty two games. The ones that have been there, done that, they know when to turn it on, when to turn it off, when to kind of take it easy. It was a clear spot for the Bucks tonight to probably take it easy a little bit. Another one I talked about, you know, Boston and New York. New York won that game on Thursday by three. Today, Boston comes back. You're playing the same team. I call this the rapid revenge theory, where when you're playing the same team that you just lost to recently, a little bit more incentive to get that game back. And in particular, if you're talking about two teams in the same division. So that was one that came through. And then also one on Friday night with Cleveland and Portland, where the Cavaliers were starting a six-game road trip. You want to get off on the right foot on the road. You want to put your best foot forward in that first game. Cavaliers end up winning that game by 13. We'll see what happens with them the rest of the trip, but... 
a lot of people talk about the last game of a road trip being a fade spot, and I agree with that. Yeah. I think the first game is a play-on spot as the team tries to kind of set the tone for you know, at least hoping to go 500 or better. Yep, and great advice for the new NBA betters. Getting into it now. Uh, other results today. Pacers, who have been awful this year, but they get a nice upset win as a four-and-a-half-point home dog, 125-113 over the Jazz. And uh, Pistons and Magic, uh, two bad teams, but the Pistons win 97-92 as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. When we return, we'll uh, get some updates on anything for the halftime betting here in Cowboys-Eagles. Also track some of the late-game college hoops games we've been following. Miami up three, two minutes to go at Cameron Indoor. We'll update you on that next. And as promised, we will get to Adams. College Football National Championship game prop bets. That is on the other side as we come back. Hour number two next right here on VSIN Bet Center. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 